the 106th the division, the 106th division of the psalm. Psalm 106, verses 34 through 45 this morning. We're going to be reading this morning from the New Living Translation. Psalm 106, verse 34 through 45. The Bible says that Israel failed to destroy the nations in the land as the Lord had commanded them. Instead, they mingled among the pagans and adopted their evil customs. They worshipped their idols, which led to their downfall. They even sacrificed their sons and their daughters to the demons. They shed innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters. They did this by sacrificing them to the idols of Canaan. They polluted the land with murder. They defiled themselves by their evil deeds, and their love of idols was adultery in the Lord's sight. This is why the Lord's anger burned against His people, and He abhorred His own special possession. He handed them over to pagan nations, and they were ruled by those who hated them. Their enemies crushed them and brought them under their cruel power. Again and again He rescued them, but they chose to rebel against Him. And they were finally destroyed by their sin. Even so, he pitied them in their distress and listened to their cries. He remembered his covenant with them and relented because of his unfailing love. This morning I'm using for my subject the title of the message today, Father Knows Best. Father, I thank you this morning that that you love us and and you care for us and you are concerned for us. God, I thank you that all of your laws and, Lord, they're they're, they're for our protection and they're for our betterment and they're for a blessing to our lives. And, Father, may we recognize and realize today that you have our best interest at heart. Father, work in our hearts and in our lives today for the glory of the Lord, we ask. Let the Spirit of God do His work for the glory of God. In Jesus' name, all of God's people said, praise the Lord. Lord. You may be reseated this morning. You know, when children are, are young, they think their father knows absolutely everything. Everything. Then when that child becomes a teenager, they think their father knows absolutely everything. Nothing. And then when that same child has a child of their own, they soon discover that, that their father did indeed know what it was he was talking about. Well, this morning, as children of God, we need to learn this lesson. And the lesson I want you to learn today is Father Knows Best. I want us to understand and realize today that God's laws are for the best interest of His children. Our text today describes the children of Israel and their actions after that they had entered the promised land. And there are six things that I want to point out in this passage this morning. The first thing I want us to notice here, I want us to notice the rebellion. The rebellion, and it's found in verse number 34. And verse number 34, it says that Israel failed to destroy the nations in the land as the Lord had commanded them. 
Notice their rebellion there. How many understand that ever since Adam and Eve rebelled against God in the Garden of Eden, man inherited a spirit of rebellion. You see, there's just something inside the heart of man that rebels against everybody that tries to tell him what to do or how to live his life. It starts very, very early in life. You just tell a toddler not to touch something and what in the world are they going to do? Tell a toddler no about something and how are they going to react? Pride is perhaps man's greatest enemy. Of all of the enemies of man, perhaps pride is the greatest. Man says, you know, I I don't need anyone telling me what to do. I don't need anyone telling me what not to do. I don't need anybody telling me how I need to live my life. Now God told the Israelites, when you enter into the promised land, when you take possession of Canaan, God said, the first thing that I want you to do is I want you to destroy the Canaanites. I want you to destroy the inhabitants of the land. You see, the Canaanites and all the other ites that were living there in that land, the Bible says they were very wicked and very vulgar and very vile and ungodly people. The Bible says that they worshipped false gods. The Bible said that these people did despicable and unthinkable things. God loved His people. He loved the Israelite people and God didn't want his people to become defiled by these ungodly and vile people of Canaan. I want to tell you this morning that God loves us as well. Oh, and God doesn't want us to become defiled by the world and by its antichrist spirit and practices. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 17. Paul says, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch their filthy things, and I will receive you. And yet for the most part, man rebels against God. Man rebels against God's instructions and God's laws and His commands. Second thing I want us to notice here, I want us to notice the relationship. Notice the relationship, verse 35, instead they mingled, say mingled. Instead they mingled among the pagans. This word mingled means to blend, it means to associate with, it means to mix together. Truth of the matter is, friends, it's mingled today and marriage tomorrow. My mind goes back many years ago now to another church that I, that, that I pastored. I remember a young lady in our ch- congregation. She was probably about 19 or 20 years of age at the time. And, and she was a very good girl. She was a virtuous girl. Uh, she had lived for God all of her life. She had a great testimony. She loved the Lord. She lived for the Lord. But one day I, I discovered her hanging out with this guy that just, he just, he was a mess. He was ungodly, he was not, he was not saved, he was not a Christian, he, he, he started coming to church, but it was only because he knew if he could come to church, maybe he could get a date with this young lady in my church. I pulled this young lady aside, I was very close to her, she looked to me as a, a you know, as a big brother at that time, and, and I talked to her, I sat her down and I talked to her and I warned her, and I called her by name and I said, I said, I noticed you're hanging out with so and so, and I've been, I've, I've been told that you, that you went out with so and so, and, and I want to tell you this, that's bad business. 
It's bad business. And I, I, I love you and I'm concerned about you and I care for you. And, and I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to stop it right now. Stop it before something gets started. She rolled her eyes and she looked at me and she said, you're sure old for your young self. She said, oh, she said, you're, you're sounding like my daddy now. Said, said, oh, pastor said, you know, said, pastor said, I, I, I'm just going to get a, to get a Coke with him. I, I'm not going to get, you know, I'm not really interested in him. And, and I'm, I, you know, nothing's going to develop there. And, and, you know, I just, you know, I just want to go hang out with him and, and, and nothing is going to happen. And you're just being silly, pastor. And you're just being ridiculous. And, and that's old school. And, and leave me alone. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm lying, I'm dying. Three months later, there was a knock at my door. And it was this young lady and this young man. And they were saying, Pastor, we want to get married. Will you marry us? Good news is, she got her eyes open before it was too late. The relationship. God knew that if the children of Israel did not destroy the Canaanites, that they would end up developing a relationship with them. Let me tell you something, friend. You're not as strong as you think you are. You're not as strong as you think you are. And listen, God knows how vulnerable that you are. And some of you this morning are trying to run with the world and walk with God at the same time. But hear me this morning. It just will not work. James chapter 4 and verse 4 says making friends with the world makes you an enemy with God. So friend, we need to destroy the relationships that hinder our walk with God. And some of you here today have relationships with people, relationships that pull you down, relationships that pull you away from God, relationships that pull you away from His house and away from His People, listen, friend, better to destroy a relationship than to have a worldly relationship destroy your faith and your eternal future. The third thing I see in this passage is the resemblance. The resemblance, verse 35, they mingled among the the pagans. Notice what it says next, and adopted, say adopted, and adopted their evil customs. Hear me this morning, church father knows best. God knew that if these evil, wicked, ungodly people were not destroyed, oh, that would only be a matter of time until the children of Israel would start looking and acting just like them. Because like begets like. Let me suggest that at first you mingle and then you resemble. Because the fact of the matter is, we take on the traits, we take on the attributes of those that we choose to associate with. You see, you cannot constantly hang around sinners without their sin affecting you. And you cannot constantly hang out with negative people and not have their negative spirit get on you. The problem is, listen, hear me this morning. The problem is, the more that you are, you are around it, the easier it is to tolerate it. The longer you are around it, the less it offends you. The longer you are around it, the less you even recognize it. And the longer you are around it, the more you accept it. And then once you accept it, the next step is you Embrace it. 
Verse 35 again, the children of Israel began to mingle with these pagans. It wasn't long until they began to resemble them. Verse 35 said, they mingled among the pagans and eventually adopted their evil customs. The fourth thing that I see in this passage is the reaping. The reaping, and it's found in verse 36 through 43. Verse 36 through 43, they worshipped their idols, which led to their downfall. They even sacrificed their sons and their daughters to the demons. They shed innocent blood, the blood of their sons and their daughters. By sacrificing them to the idols of Canaan, they polluted the land with murder. They defiled themselves by their evil deeds, and their love of idols was adultery in the Lord's sight. That is why the Lord's anger burned against his people and he abhorred his own special possession. He handed them over to pagan nations and they were ruled by those who hated them. Their enemies crushed them and brought them under their cruel power. Again and again he rescued them, but they chose to rebel against him and they were finally destroyed by their sin. I've given this to you before, but it bears repeating. And that is three things that we need to know about sin. The first thing that we need to understand and be aware of about sin this morning, and that is sin will take you farther than you intended to go. Sin will take you farther than you intended to go. Verse 35 again, they mingled among the pagans. No doubt the children of Israel thought something like this. They, perhaps they thought, God, I know, I know you told us to destroy these people, and we will. We hear you. We hear you loud and clear, God. We hear you, and we're going to obey. We're going to do what you said. But before we do, we just want to see what they're all about. We're not going to get in too deep with them, God. We, we just want to look. We just want a little peek. Oh, we just want to, want to do a little window shopping. We're not going to purchase anything. We're not going to buy anything. We just want to do a little window shopping. Friend, how many people today have gone deep into sin who never ever intended to get that far into sin? Oh, oh, it's just lunch. It's just lunch. No, no, it's lunch with a person of the opposite sex. And you're married. It's just one drink, Pastor. It's just one drink. But every alcoholic began with just one drink. Oh, Pastor, it's, it's just soft porn. Just soft porn. No. Jesus said that if you look upon a woman and look long enough that lust develops in your heart, You've committed adultery. Now Jesus didn't say anybody that noticed a beautiful woman was, was in adultery. He said if you look on a woman to lust. Amen. Because God made men visual and we notice beautiful women. And if you do, you're a man, you don't notice a beautiful woman, come after church, I'll pray for you. You've got a problem. <laughs> Amen. 
But if you have sex with her in your mind, then you might as well have done the act, Jesus said. Amen? And besides that, the porn addict began with soft porn. Mark it down in your book this morning. Sin will always, always take you farther oh, than you intended to go. Number two, the second thing we need to understand about sin is that sin will keep you longer than you intended to stay. Verse 35, they adopted their evil customs. No doubt the children of Israel thought, we, we won't mingle long. We won't mingle long. Just a few days, perhaps. Oh, oh, just maybe a few weeks. Maybe just a few months. Oh, we will destroy these pagans, God. We promise we will. We will. Just not right now. Oh, Pastor, I, I'm going to quit drinking. Oh, oh, Pastor, I'm going to quit smoking dope. Pastor, I'm going to quit sleeping around soon. Really, really, really soon. Just not today. And let me tell you this morning that the devil will tell you you should stop sinning. Yes, he will. The devil's smart. And he'll tell you, he'll tell you, you need to stop this. You're in sin and you need to stop this. He'll tell you, you should stop sinning. Oh, and he'll tell you that you will stop sinning. And then he'll say, just not today. Just not today. Oh, just one more time, then you'll stop. Tomorrow, tomorrow. That sounds like a good time to stop. Tomorrow is a good time to quit. And then he'll say, and since you're going to quit tomorrow, whoa, you ought to go all out today. But the truth of the matter is, sin will always keep you longer than you intended to say. Oh, oh, I'm only, I'm only going to do this once, you say to yourself. And then you say just once more. And then you say, this is absolutely the last time. The problem is, now you're hooked. Problem is now the fangs of sin have set themselves deep into your life and they will not let go. Talking about the reaping right now. The third thing that will, you will reap from sin, third thing we need to be aware of about sin, that is sin will cost you more than you intended to pay. No doubt the children of Israel understood, oh, that there was going to be a price to pay for their disobedience to God. Perhaps they thought God will be angry with us, but it won't last long because we plan on obeying God. We're just postponing our obedience for a while. But a while turned into more and more and more a whiles. And it was postponement stacked upon postponement. And their sin took them further oh, than they intended, intended to go and it kept them longer than they intended to stay which ultimately cost them more than they intended to pay. Look at verse 37 through 39 one more time. They even sacrificed their own sons and their own daughters to the demons. They shed innocent blood which was the blood of their own sons and daughters. They sacrificed them to the idols of Canaan and they polluted their land with murder 
And they defiled themselves by their evil deeds. And their love of idols was adultery in the sight of the Lord. Friend, can you see why God said for them to destroy these people? Friend, when God tells us to destroy something in our lives, He's not trying to be mean. He's not trying to to deprive us of a good time. Amen. When God tells us to do something in our life, it's because He loves us and because He knows what the actual cost of that sin will be. These children of Israel, they... They defiled themselves and, and, and got so deep into sin and so far away from God that they even, they even killed their own sons and daughters, sacrificing, literally sacrificing their physical lives as sacrifices to these false gods. Well, hear me, friend. People no longer sacrifice their children physically today. No one in America today would literally physically draw a knife or put their son or daughter in a fire or kill their son or their daughter uh, for their false god or the sin that they are serving. But oh, how many fathers, how many mothers have sacrificed their children emotionally? They have sacrificed their children emotionally through their sinful actions. Oh, but man says to himself, my sin will only affect me. Sorry, sorry, I wish that were true this morning. But the truth of the matter is your sin will have a negative effect on every single person that is a part of your life. And what you do does not isolate itself to you and your life, but it reaches out. Oh, to your spouse, to your children, to your grandchildren. What negative effect are you having? Not just upon your own life, but upon the life of your loved ones. The ones that you love the most, you are sacrificing them emotionally. Sin will always cost you more than you intended it to cost. God loves us. Father knows best. And it's because He knows what the actual cost of that sin is. He knows that if we don't destroy the sin in our life, He knows that the sin in our life will eventually destroy us and destroy others. And I ask you this morning, what is the eventual cost that an alcoholic has to pay? That an adulterer has to pay, that a dopehead has to pay, that a gossiper has to pay, or any other sin that we could mention today. Oh, James 1 and 15 says that when sin is finally finished, it brings forth death. Yes, friends, sin will cost you more than you intended to pay. And oh, how many lives have been totally destroyed by sin. Oh, how many dreams have been abandoned. How many relationships have been shattered. How many families have been torn apart. Oh, hear me this morning, church. Sin is bad business. Oh, sin is a fire and it will always burn you. Hear this preacher of truth today. Destroy the sin in your life. Or the sin in your life will destroy you. The fifth thing I want us to notice quickly this morning is the repentance. Verse 44, even so, he pitied them in their distress. And he listened. He listened to their cries. 
Time and time again, the children of Israel would turn away from the true God and turn to false gods over and over and over again. God would hear their cry and hear them repent. And God would respond to them. Oh, every single time, God would respond to their desperate cry. And every time, God would rescue them. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 and 23 says, The, 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 the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every single morning. Perhaps you're here today and you're like the children of Israel. Time and time and time again you have failed God. Over and over and over again you have walked away from God. And the devil has told you it's no use. God is tired of your constant ups and downs. Oh, one day you're in and the next day you're out. You've crossed the line, buddy, the devil says to you. You've gone too far. You've tried God's patience once too many times. There's no hope for you. That's what the devil says. But my Bible tells me that the devil is a liar. Let me tell you, friend, there has never, ever in the history of man been a people that were more rebellious and more people that God had to be patient towards than the children of Israel. But verse 44 says, He pitied them in their distress and He listened. He listened to their cries. And Lamentation 3 says that God's mercies, God's mercy renews itself every single morning. So if you are here this morning and you are in sin, oh, if you've chosen to walk away from God, oh, let me encourage you today to just cry out to God today. Start walking toward God today with your arms outstretched. And if you will open your spiritual eyes, you will see that God in turn is walking towards you today with His arms outstretched. God is here today to hear your cry. He's here to listen to your repentance today. He's here to embrace you today. He's here to restore you today. Two quick things about about repentance. Number one, repentance is ordered. It's ordered. Luke 13 and 3, unless you repent, you're going to perish, Jesus said. Acts 17 and 30, God demands that all people everywhere repent of their sins and turn to God. Notice the second thing about repentance. Repentance is obtained. Psalm 106, verse 44, he pitied them in their distress and listened to their cries. Friend, God will always hear the prayer of repentance. He will always hear the prayer of repentance. Isaiah 55 and 7, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord. And he will, say he will, and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly one last thing I see in this text this morning that is the release and it's found in verse 45 he remembered his covenant with them and relented say relented oh he relented because of his unfailing say unfailing his unfailing love write this down this morning repentance releases us From God's judgment. You see, God holds no grudges. Psalm 103 and verse 12 says, That as far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our sins from us. I love the words of that song written just a few years ago entitled, What Sin? The words go like this, It happened so long ago, I cried out for mercy back then. 
I pleaded the blood of Jesus. Begged Him to forgive my sin. But I still can't forget it. It just won't go away. So I wept again. Lord, wash my sin. But this is all He'd say. What sin? What sin? That's as far away as the east is from the west. What sin? What sin? It was gone the very minute you confessed. Buried in the sea of forgetfulness. The second verse says the heaviest thing you'll ever carry is a load of guilt and shame. You were never meant to bear them. So let them go in Jesus' name. Our God is slow to anger. He's quick to forgive our sin. So let Him put them under the blood. Don't bring them up again. Because He'll just say, What sin? What sin? That's as far away as the east is from the west. What sin? What sin? It was gone the very minute you confessed. Buried in the sea of forgetfulness. Worship team can get back in place this morning, please. There are three things that needs to happen here this morning. Listen to me, I'm not done. I'm I'm, I'm be done in two minutes, but I'm not done yet. You need to hear this. Three things. Three things that need to happen here today. Number one, some of you need to repent. Some of you are here today and you are in sin today and you know you're in sin and you need to repent. You need to confess it and you need to turn away from it. Number two, some of you here today need to release yourself. Some of you here today need to release yourselves from the guilt of past sin. You see, if you have repented of your past sin, God has released you from the guilt and condemnation of those sins. Paul writes in Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, he says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according unto the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And the third thing that some of you need to do today, some of you need to release others who have sinned. You need to release others who have sinned, but have repented of their sin. Yeah, they, 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 they sinned. Yes, yes, they, 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 they did wrong. Yes, yes, they did. They, they, they sinned. Yes, they did. But they have also repented of it. And God has released them. But you have not. You have held on to it. And you need to release that. Friend, if God releases them that repent, who are you? are you to hold on to their sin and constantly remind them and others you're not just reminding them but you're reminding them you're you're telling others an old story well it's a true story well yeah let's open your closet Let's open your closet. Let's see what's in your past. Some of you here this morning, you need to release others 
that though they have sinned in the past, yet they have repented. And they've let it go and God's let it go, but you haven't. And you need to release them. Because, see, friend, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to help you. Because here's the problem. Listen, listen, listen. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. If you do not release those that God has released, you are in sin. You're talking about their sin, but the fact that you will not release them from their sin, you are in sin. And not only are you in sin, but now God cannot release you of your sin. As long as you hold on to that root of bitterness, as long as you refuse to release and forgive and let go, God's hands are tied and He cannot forgive you and release you or set you free. If you want to be free this morning, not only do you have to ask God to forgive you, then you have to forgive yourself. But you also have to release those that have sinned against you. Or maybe they didn't even sin against you, but you just know the story and you're constantly telling people the story. It's an old story. It's under the blood. God doesn't even sin anymore. God's not talking about it anymore. We're the only ones talking about it. Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed in the presence of God today. I'm going to ask for three responses today and I'm not going to ask for you to lift your hand and all this and all that. I'm just going to open the altar today. And I want to tell you that there are people here today and it's going to take guts to do this this morning, but we've all had to do it. If you're in this place today and you need to repent, and it could be something wicked and vile and horrible and ugly, or it could just be a bad attitude. It doesn't matter what it is, but you're here in this place today and you need to repent. I want you to just get up out of your seat. I want you to come and stand in the front today. We're going to help you this morning. You're going to repent and get right with God today. You need to repent. You're here. You're in this building today and you know you need to repent. You know you're in sin today. You know that God is dealing with your heart. You are here today as a divine appointment from God. Boy, you loaded up for me. No. I don't know who's coming and who's not coming. It takes four Sundays to get everybody at New Bethel here once. I don't know who's going to show up this Sunday. No, God has your number this morning. And God loves you. He loves you so much. He loves you so much that He got you here and He put this message in my heart just for you. You'll just open your spiritual eyes. You'll see that God is walking toward you today with His arms outstretched. Will you meet Him halfway this morning? The altar is open. You have sin in your life and you need to repent this morning. Come on, get up out of your seat and walk to this altar this morning. Come on, there's somebody here. I know there's several. There's several. God bless you. God bless you. Others will come now. Others will come. Come on, come on, come on. God bless you. God bless you. But you're not the only ones. There are others today. You need to repent today. The altar's open for you. Come. I began this message by telling you that our greatest enemy is pride. And that's why some of you are still in your seat because of pride. What will somebody else think? They will, 
They will rejoice with you that you were able to come. They will, some of them will be envious of you because you came and they should have and they did not come. Put your pride aside. Well, we've already got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight already here this morning. Why? Well, come on now. It's easier for you. Come on. Come on. God is dealing today. God is dealing. I'm not, I'm not delaying this just, to, uh, just for some uh, reason other than the fact that God has not released me. I, I believe God is still dealing. He's still dealing. He's still dealing. Come while He's dealing. Come while He's dealing. Come while He's tugging at your heart today. Don't sit back there. Don't just sit there. Come on down. Come on. Come on. Come on. come at any time during this altar call so I'm going to move on there are those of you that need to come here this morning because you need to release yourself you need to release yourself from the guilt of past sin you have confessed your sin God has forgiven you God has washed it under the blood it's covered under the blood God can't even see it anymore amen your spouse has forgiven you your family has forgiven you your friends have forgiven whoever it is that you wrong they've already forgiven you they've released you but you cannot release yourself today is the day for the chains to come off today is the day for the shackles to come off today is the day where you get 100% victory amen today I want you to release yourself release yourself you're here this morning and you need to release yourself release yourself from that from the guilt of past sin. Come on, thank you. Thank you, God bless you, thank you. God bless you. Others need to come. Others need to come. Come on, thank you. God bless you. There's still others. There are still others. You need to release yourself today. You need to release yourself today. You need to release yourself. You need to release yourself. Forgive yourself. God has forgiven you. Your family has forgiven you. You need to forgive yourself today. God wants to help you. He wants to give you the grace today to forgive yourself. We're going to wait just a couple more seconds this morning. That's all I have time for. You can come for any of these at any time in this altar time. And then the third call this morning, there are those that need to release others that have sinned, but they've repented of their sin. They have repented of their sin. God has released them. They've released their self, but you can't have not been able to release them you think you have it. You're still talking about it. You're still telling people about it. You're still bringing it up. Nobody's talking about it anymore but you. If that's the case, then you have not truly released them yet. And you need to release them today. You need to release them right now. The altar is open for you. Come on, get down here. Amen. You need to release others. You need to release others that, are in sin, that have sinned in the past. Yet they have repented. God has released them. They've released themselves, but you just will not release them. I'm talking to you this morning. You're here. You're here today. You're here. You are. I don't. I. You know. I. I don't know who it is necessarily, but you are here. I know that you are. You're here today. You're here today. You're here. Come on. The altar's open for you. The altar's open. The altar's open for you. The altar's open for you. Would everybody stand with me in the presence of the Lord this morning? And as we continue this altar service, the altars are open. You can come in any time. You can come now. You can come in a couple of minutes, whenever. You can still respond. You can still respond. If you need to repent, or if you need to release yourself, or you need to release others, this is the call today, and the altars are still open. The altars are still open this morning. If you need to repent this morning, I want you to do 
that. Just open your heart. Begin to tell God that you're sorry. Just begin to tell God, God, I did this, this, and this. God, I'm sorry for that. God, I've wronged you. I sinned. I sinned against this one and that one. I most of all, I sinned against you. And God, I want you to forgive me. Wash me in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you'll pray that prayer from the depth of your heart, God will hear your prayer and He will answer you. And God will forgive you and He will release you from the condemnation of the guilt. You need to release yourself from the guilt. You just need to ask the Lord, Lord, I need your grace. I need your grace. I need you to help me. I need you to help me forgive myself. I believe you've forgiven me. Others have forgiven me, but God, I can't seem to forgive myself. God, give me grace to forgive myself today. Maybe the hardest one of all is to release others. To release others. Maybe there's someone that you carry on in your heart. You hold a grudge. There's a root of bitterness. There's still anger there. There's still issues there. God, God, help me. God, I know you forgave them. God, I know they're able to forgive themselves. But God, I'm having a hard time forgiving them. God, help me. Help me to release them, God. Because I know that if I don't forgive them, if I don't release them, I know that you cannot forgive me. You cannot release me from the penalty and the condemnation of my sin. And I want to be forgiven, God. So help me to be able to forgive others and release them. I'm going to invite everybody to come now. Everybody come to the front this morning. we got a couple of minutes this morning. Amen. Get those hands in the air. Begin to talk to the Lord. Begin to worship God. Begin to praise Him. If you've already repented this morning, if you've already prayed and talked to God, then I want you to lift your hands and your voices and give Him praise and give Him glory, give Him honor and thank Him. Thank Him. Thank Him for His, oh, for His mercies that are, that, that are, that are refreshed and renewed every single morning. The, the mercies of God are brand new every single day, every single morning. Oh, let's worship Him today. Praise Him. Lift those hands in the air. Give Him glory today. Give Him praise today. Give Him honor today. Worship Him today. Bless Him today. Bless Him today.
freedom of sin, the freedom of unforgiveness, the freedom from bitterness. We thank you that you have set us free this morning. Can we give the Lord a shout of praise for his freedom this morning? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, God bless you this morning. Thank you for being here. If you're a guest with us, please turn in your connection card at our Welcome Center. Have a wonderful, wonderful afternoon.